Hello and welcome to session eight. It's our final session, the wellbeing journey, where we're going to be looking at vocational wellbeing. And you know, finding the right career is a journey for all of us right throughout our whole lives until we retire, of course. And when you hit the bullseye, everything can feel great. We're in a job that we love, we're around people we care about, and all is going well. And you might actually right now be really happy with your work, with the job you're doing. You know, I love presenting. I feel very much in the flow when I'm in front of a camera. And of course, I'm talking to you. But you might be watching this and be absolutely struggling at the moment with vocational, with your work. You can't find a job or you're in a job, but you hate it. And you feel absolutely lost in terms of what you're supposed to be doing with your life. And believe me, there are a lot of people in the same boat. You know, it was only a couple of years ago, I'd been out of work for two years. And suddenly that question, what do you do, became really hard. I didn't really have an answer. And suddenly it felt like my identity had gone. Finding our vocation, finding our purpose in what we do is really tough if we can't find the answer. Have you ever found that, Joanna? Oh, yeah, 100%. I mean, there's been times when I've kind of, you know, made something up because I thought, oh, if, if people think you do one thing and they're going to judge you and they look at you a certain way, and it's such a hot topic, people always want to know, what do you do? But how can we have healthy vocational well-being? What even is vocational well-being? Well, I'm off to Peterborough to meet Dave Smith, who's the author of God's Plan for Your Well-Being that started off this whole journey, and he's going to tell us a little bit more. <laughs> Okay, so Dave, we're talking about um, vocational well-being. Yes. When I hear the word vocation, I just yes. think about my job. But is it more than that? Well, certainly includes your job or right. work. Work is really, really important. Yeah. But finding vocation is actually much broader than that. Okay. If you go back to the original meaning, the, the word vocation comes from the Latin vocare. Yeah. The simply is translated calling, to ha so to have a sense of clear calling or purpose in life. Okay. So you talk about, in your book, living on purpose. Yes. So how do we do that? What is our kind of overall purpose? Yeah. Well, I like to think of it, if you imagine, you know, shooting at a target. Right. You know, to find our overall life purpose is hitting the right target. But the real goal in, in life is to actually hit the bullseye. Right. So our overall life purpose is hitting the right target. For the first 19 years, I was trying to shoot all over the place, never hit the target. I never had a sense of deep purpose or meaning. Yeah. Um, and I know other people, they can think they've got a sense of purpose, mm. but they're actually hitting the wrong target and they come to the end of their life and think, oh, I wasted all those years. Right. And so I think that sense of the overall purpose of God or hitting the right target mm. is about having a relationship with God. Right. So it goes back to our spiritual well-being, you know, when we know we're, as it were, in a relationship with the Creator who made us and made the world, world everything kind of makes sense. So like that sense of when we know whose we are, exactly. kind of we know who we are. Exactly. But that target, yes. you know, for me, that sort of sounds like that's our more unique purpose. So what's going to, you know, when it's different from me to you. So how do we find that? Yeah, well, it's, it, it, is, it goes back to that kind of the bullseye. It's like the sweet spot, you know, when I'm not just loving God and being loved by God and serving others, but I'm using my unique gifts and talents and what I'm doing fits with my personality and my life experience, my training. That's when it feels like I'm in the sweet spot or hitting the bullseye. 
And it's almost like you feel like you're alive. You feel like, you know, I am doing what I'm supposed to do with the one life that God's given me. Yeah, and if we haven't quite found that yet, yeah. what are some questions we can ask ourselves to help us get there? Well, I think, you know, do a bit of self-assessment again or right. reflection. You know, ask yourself, what are you good at? What do you really enjoy doing? When you're involved in this particular task, do you feel bored and distracted or you like you almost lose all sense of time? Yeah. It's just sometimes when you're doing what you're called to do, it can be hard. Sometimes it just feels like fun. It feels exhilarating. So I think, you know, become aware of how you're uniquely wired and what really fires you. That's a good gauge. Okay. Secondly, I think, again, it comes back to community and relationship with others. Um, when I'm working with others, I can say, hey, this person's better at that than me and this person can do this. I don't want to get in their space, yeah. but I can bring my unique self and my contribution to this team. And so I think there's something about learning just in the journey of life with others. And then I also believe that if God has designed us to work in a certain way or to walk on a particular life pathway, he can speak to us. You know, I've had many times just almost like a little quiet nudge from the Holy Spirit or reading the Bible, a sense of confirmation that I'm on track and I'm, as it were, living out my specific unique life pathway. That's really interesting that you talked about other people and, yes. you know, certain things that other people will be good at that you're not necessarily yes. good at. But it, it's really tricky because we can end up comparing ourselves big time and wishing that we were like them or wishing that we had their journey and seeing people succeed how do we how can we be careful not to do that and understand that our journey yes. is different to the next person's yeah. i think it's a massive issue today i think it's a human thing um you know it comes to some of our root insecurity and of course things like social media don't help us today you know, if we use it wrongly, we can literally look at other people's success or they're doing this and, you know, we can almost reflect negatively back on ourselves. But I think a sense of um, security and identity is actually foundational to real vocational well-being. It goes back to what we looked at many, many sessions ago. You see, when I know who I am, I'm secure in God's love, I'm secure in my being as a human being, loved by God. It means that if things change and maybe work doesn't go very well or even I have a change of role, my whole security isn't based on what I'm actually doing. And that means I can be at rest as well as be fruitful and fulfilled. So that's on the one hand. But I think again, if, if we see that we are unique, why would I try and run somebody else's race? You know, I'm not called to be like somebody else and do what they're called to do. All I'm called to do, all we're called to do, is fulfill God's unique plan for our lives. That means we can look at other people, hopefully doing well, and celebrate. Yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, it's, it's just a sign. This person is doing what God's designed them to do, rather than being threatened by it or jealous or insecure. Yeah, that's amazing. And I think that that's really encouraging for us to hear because yeah. you know life life can look very different for me sometimes I'm working but often I'm not and when I'm at home yes being a mum it's being comfortable with knowing that that's still part of my purpose and I can be okay with that if, if there's no work absolutely happening. yeah and it goes back to where we started that um, our calling our purpose our vocation isn't just about as it were paid employment you know, I remember, you know, when we had a young family and our girls were growing up, you know, I was very conscious of the fact that what I was doing at home, bringing up our girls, mm. 
was as important as what I was doing preaching on a Sunday morning. Yeah. It's part of my calling in that particular season of my life. You know, as a husband, how I am to, to, to Karen in our marriage, that's part of my calling. And, yeah. and also just, as it were, doing life well. Yeah. You know, I think there's a celebratory side of life. Yeah. You know, learning to rest well is part of calling. Yeah. We're doing life well yeah. before God and with other people. Yeah, that's really amazing. Now, I'm going to go and chat to one other expert on this subject and then Great. I'm going to come back. Is that okay? Sure. I'd love to chat to you more, See you Dave. soon. See you soon. Bless you. Bye. Bye. I'm on my way to Leamington Spa to meet with Jill Garrett. Simon is in Hammersmith with Mark James, a young entrepreneur, to tell us all about his story with vocational well-being. Mark, it's really good to see you. I can't think of a better place to have a chat than right by Hammersmith Bridge. It's yeah. such a beautiful part of London. You're only 27, but already, like career-wise, you've had quite a journey already. Sure. Take me back to UCL, to university life, and what happened after that? Yeah, sure. So when I was, when I was at uni, I, I saw my friends around me taking on grad jobs or traveling abroad and part of that didn't really excite me it didn't really kind of captivate me and I thought do you know what I think I'm gonna I'm gonna go to LA and buy a plane ticket as you do <laughs> yeah yeah we'll go to LA I got back from LA and thought okay I've seen all these amazing people in LA start great things James Corden doing his Late Late Show you know I'm gonna I'm gonna start my own vlog you know inspired you fired up exactly yeah I'm gonna start my own YouTube channel and uh, started it the January I got back to, you know, 100 subscribers, 20 views a day, 30 views a day. Um, it's a fa fairly small fry yeah, at yeah, this point. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, yeah. And just kind of like, okay, this is actually really difficult. And, you know, six months in, you know, after getting back from LA, I was like, I've, I think I've failed here. I don't really know what to do. And I, and I think maybe actually when it comes to our vocation and what our, what our true calling is, for some of us, it, it might be that kind of light bulb moment. You know, I had it in terms of TV. You sure. know, I came out of university, I had this moment. I just, I knew this was what I was supposed to be doing. I knew it was what God wanted, but it was, it was three and a half years from then till getting a break. You know, yeah. it's a long process yeah, and of plenty course. of rejection along the way. But actually, for some of us, it, it, there won't be that moment. No. And actually, maybe it'll be a lifetime of discovering what our true calling is. And there will be times of failure and setbacks and times of joy in what we do as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But actually, it might be we won't get to the end of our days until we truly realise what God was calling us to do. Yeah, and isn't that so exciting? You know, that life of discovering, of, of one year looks different to the other, and, you know, what, what does my life have in store? And I think if we start every day with, you know, God, what do you have planned for me? Yes, we might have, like, the light bulb of TV or a, a certain job, but I think... I don't know, I think it's exciting when there is some uncertainty that's faith and, you know, there is mystery and, you know, certainly my age, I think we've, we don't like uncertainty and something about it excites me, so. Mark, it's been so good to chat. It's been awesome. I'm here in Leamington Spa to meet with Jill Garrett, Executive Director of Tent Peg Consulting. She specialises in developing teams and leaders in organisations, finding their strengths and improving their weaknesses. Jill, it's so good to be here in Leamington Spa. I've never been here before. Oh, it's a great place to be. Yeah, it's great fantastic. place to be. We've been talking a little bit about purpose. So this is obviously an area of expertise for you and you work with lots of people, helping them to find their purpose and their values. How, how do you do that? 
So one of the questions I sometimes ask people when I start coaching them is uh, would be something like if it were if, if it were 2026 and you were looking back over the last five years, what would be some of the metrics that you'd actually use to measure your life success? And just thinking about how would you measure it? Where would you have spent your time? One of the things that I'm very conscious of in the coaching that I do is that I'm often asked to work with people in their, in their 40s in particular, who've climbed the ladder very quickly only to discover it was up against the wrong wall. Right. And that there's actually all sorts of stuff that they would have valued that they'd missed in life. Yeah, we talked about, about that with, with Dave earlier on. Okay. I was chatting about the idea of kind of the, the target that we're aiming towards. And you can very easily be aiming towards the target and even hitting the bullseye on that target, but it's kind of wasted because it's the wrong target. It's the wrong target. target, yeah. So how can we identify, is there any ways or questions that we can ask ourselves to identify whether we're shooting towards the right target? The right target. I think one of the things that I, I'd say is that the heart of everyone's purpose is going to be making a difference. And, and a lot of the people I coach are not believers, but if you ask them, what is it that you really want to do? What really brings you satisfaction? Not all of them, but I would say 90% plus would say, I really want to make a positive difference in the world, or I want to make a disproportionate difference through the work that I do. So I think, you know, once people get beyond being able to provide for my family, they want, then want to do things that are meaningful. Yeah. And I, I think over time, that purpose, that's the big purpose, is making yeah. a difference. But the target within that purpose might move. So my purpose before I had Laura was, was largely around knowing God, making God known, and doing that through the medium of being the best teacher and leader in education that I could be. Once I got Laura, being the best mom I could be as part of that became important as well. And so I think over time, God throws other bits of purpose and focus into our lives and we need to accommodate those. So I think everyone falls under this grand umbrella of being the best I can be. Yeah. I think then the ways in which we deliver that and the medium through which we deliver that, be that career or community involvement, will vary from person to person. And I guess my job is really prompting people to think about, you know, what gives you energy? What's the best day you've had in the last two weeks? What were you doing? Who are you doing it with? It, and it's that just getting to the heart of, of what are those sweet spots for people right. so that we can see how they can use them more. Yeah. So we do have to sometimes stop and take stock and you know sometimes we're running really hard and we're all so busy that we don't necessarily take time to stop and ask those questions but yeah. it sounds like it's really important that we do. Yeah yeah that's right and when we can find those things mm. We'd, where we're just in the flow that are giving us energy, those are the things that are going to be part of our calling. But it's more than that, it's about need as well. And I think if we can bring those th three things together, our, our passions, the things that we're good at and enjoy, um, and the need, then that's when we're really in the sweet Meeting spot of calling. Kind of sweet spot. With every area of our well-being, we've seen how important and the effect it has on our overall well-being and in other aspects yeah. of our well-being. So where does vocational well-being sit for you and how do you see that affecting us as whole beings? Yeah. 
So there's a lot of research that's been done that shows that when people are engaged in their work, which means you know, they're energised, they're committed to it, but they live longer, right. they're much less likely to have accidents at work, that their customer scores will be higher, that their productivity is higher. It's almost like fitting rectangular shapes into rectangular holes and it, it will feel more comfortable. And so I think there's, there's overwhelming evidence to show that when people are actually in the right role, then they feel healthier and more fulfilled. Um, and I, I do believe that um, God would want us to be in a place where we flourish in our work and, and that work was given to us before the fall. So knowing that we can flourish in our work is important. For those of us who've had a change thrust upon us with our kind of work life or our vocation, whether that's voluntary or involuntary, um, how do we cope with knowing how to move forward? I think, I think at the heart of it um, is this mixture of understanding who we are, and I'll say a little bit more about that, and, um, and really being aware of God being with us on this journey, um, that we're not doing this on our own, that God's in this with us, and that there will be, there will be opportunity, there, there might be disappointment, we're not walking this journey on our own. But, I think that self-awareness is at the root of this and I, I think we've got a responsibility to, to know more about who we are. You might do that through asking people who know you well and who care about you and who'll be really open with you about what am I good at? What, where do you see me being really good? What are the things that you can, you can see excite and enthuse me? And you'll get good feedback on that. There are really great psychometrics out there and some people would shy away from those. But I think as Christians, we've got a real responsibility to make the, the most of the life that God's given us. You know, the parable of the talents where it talks about burying talent. I think the biggest talent we have is the talent that God's given us. Right. And we, we, we walk this way once and we can make a difference through that. And there are some verses in, in the message, which I'd love to read oh, to yeah. you, <laughs> which are some of my favorite verses. And it says, make a careful exploration of who you are and the work you've been given, and then sink yourself into that. Don't be impressed with yourself. In other words, don't be smug. And don't compare yourself with others, because when we compare, we always feel inferior. Um, each of you must take responsibility for doing the creative best you can with your own life. And I think that's a responsibility for all of us. Jill, that's so encouraging. Thank you so much. It's been great to be with you. Thank you. Wow, what wisdom. I think I want to be like her when I'm older. Now I'm heading back to Shoreham. Joanne, I feel, I feel, I feel this is a sad moment because I'm, I'm going to reluctantly put the Are mini key, down the key for the final time. Oh, Where's yours? Uh, mine, my key. Uh, left it in my other pocket. Really? Yeah. Are you going to give it back? <laughs> Maybe. Maybe not. <laughs> well, I mean, it does mark, putting the key down, marks the end of an incredible yeah, journey. And we've spoken to some amazing people who've been honest and so, so helpful on a whole number of areas when it comes to our well-being. And I realise it's a really difficult question, but you're going to ask it to me. But if you're going to take one main Ooh. thing from all of these sessions, what would it be? Honestly, that is really not a question, thanks. That's why um, you're going first. <laughs> <laughs> no, do you know what? The thing is, I think it's, it's just overwhelmingly obvious that in every area this is what struck me 
that the first thing we need to do is actually assess where we're at. Like we can't do anything about it until we know what the situation is and whether that be your, you know, financial well-being and you think actually my finances are in a bit of a mess. You need to know that so then you can sort it out. And I think I've just thought I'm, I'm going to get real with myself, ask myself the difficult questions, ask people around me to help me with those things and start making tweaks because they do have a massive effect, not only on me, but on the people closest to me as well. Like if I can sort out my um, well-being, my emotional well-being, it's going to affect family, my children, um, and I just don't think it's something you can do alone. I think mm. it's really important that we find people to do the journey with, whether that's, um, you know, just telling somebody about what you're doing and what you plan to do so they can help you with that along the way. What about you? Right, so, I mean, there's a couple of big things I take from it. And the, the first one is, I, I knew this already, but just that reminder that actually when it comes to our overall well-being, you know, particularly if we do have a faith like we do. Mm. You know, our relationship with God, carving out that time, being disciplined with our time, when it comes to listening to him, like when I speak to Pastor Aggie, we've, we've got to learn to, to hear his voice, to recognise his voice. Yep. And, and that means we've got to set aside time, we've got to be disciplined with our mm. time as well. And actually, it doesn't mean everything else becomes easy, but some of the other areas of life, in terms of our emotional well-being, our finances, our jobs, whatever it might be, they do become a little bit easier to bear, even if they're not going particularly well. But the other thing I've taken from it, which again, I did know a little bit of already, but it's just been a really powerful reminder that firstly, we've got to start when it comes to our overall well-being by being honest with ourselves mm. about where we're at, whether we're emotionally in a bad place, finances are bad, and, and just realizing that and being honest enough to realize that. But then be honest with others, those we trust around us, who we can offload on, who we can be vulnerable with, and that's not always easy, finding those kind of people, yeah. but once we're honest with ourselves, we can be honest with others, and I believe that then, for me, sort of opens up the way to, to some kind of freedom from the things that can, you know, just, just take us down. And, and I really hope, as I'm sure you do, that for everybody who's watched this, I hope you've taken away something that's gonna be really, really useful in your life. And I just think that if you have watched this, and thank you for watching, that's been a massive positive step. And you know what, if things are going well for you right now and they're smooth, then just enjoy it. Be grateful for every moment in your life. But you know what, if the road's a little bit rough right now, I just wanna encourage you to hold on, don't give up. Your well-being is so important. So Dave, is there any last pieces of encouragement that you can give us? Well, I think the first thing to realise is that this is a journey. You know, we've had eight weeks, but we've got the rest of our lives. Yeah. And so to realise this is more like a marathon than a sprint. If we're going to experience an increase of well-being, often this takes time. Yeah. The other thing I would say is kind of be kind to yourself. You know, don't try and overachieve and fix everything all at once. You know, we get overwhelmed if we try and uh, do too much. So why don't you sort of look back at your well-being dashboard? Were there certain things that came to the surface? Maybe there was a key area under physical or emotional. Pick, you know, two or three key things. And, and then specifically, I would say try and find uh, or discover one key practice or activity you can do that might have an impact across the different areas. Dave, right at the end of the journey, can you just pray for us? Love to. Wherever you're watching, I'm so delighted you've been on this well-being journey. And I'd like to invite you right now just to pause wherever you're at on your spiritual journey. Why don't you just open up your heart as I pray and allow the God of well-being himself 
to fill you with his peace, his shalom in a deeper way. Let's pray. Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus, the Prince of Wellbeing, that you've come to do a great work in every single one of our lives. And I pray now through the Holy Spirit, you will fill every single one of us with a greater sense of peace and well-being in Jesus' name. And I pray, Lord, that that transformation will affect every part of our lives and it will overflow to everybody around us. In your wonderful name, amen. Amen. Thanks, Dave.